Church, go ahead and be seated with your bow your heads with me as I pray. Dear Lord, I, I echo the words of that amazing song, I do need you. I need your wisdom. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your power. I need your strength. I need all that you have because me alone is not enough. So Lord, I come to you as an empty vessel asking that you would pour into me, but also that you would pour into those who are willing to hear, listen, and receive all that you want them to hear and cause them all the things you want them to do. Lord, we only survive in this life with you. The only way we exist and thrive is with you. And so, Lord, we are coming here today as humble servants, ready to listen to a Father ready to pour out on us lavishly. Lord, I pray that this message today would not just give us encouragement, but move us to obedience. I pray that we walk out better than how we came in. I pray that as we head to our cars and as we head home and we get prepared for the week, there's a new shift of perspective in our lives and it causes a massive trajectory and it causes us to live greater for you, only for you. Let it have tremendous effect in our lives. Help us not to get tripped up when life gets heavy. Help us not to get tripped up when chaos and crisis comes up. Because we know that it's coming, but we also know that your goodness follows as well. We need you, Lord. We ask that you would meet us here. In Christ's perfect name is who we pray. Amen. Amen. So excited to have you guys here with us. Good morning, Christ Church. Glad to worship with you on a beautiful Sunday. I love the last few Sundays have been a little bit ugly, but as soon as we have a, a nice Sunday for the students, of course the sun comes out. So I'm really excited to celebrate with you. If you don't know, after our 11 o'clock service, we have a back-to-school uh, summer class for our kids, for our students, and we're so excited to celebrate with them. And as Chet said, and as you saw in the video, man, I am honored to be a part of a church like this. For 40 years of ministry, you know what that tells me? That, sh that shows me that this has been time but nothing but health, right? I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not saying that we always get it right. But it just tells me that we are in a healthy church. And we are sitting in nothing but a blessing. I love sitting down with our, our lead pastor, uh, Dave, Doc, uh, we call him. And he gets to pour out wisdom onto me and tell me a, a little bit of how, about how the church began. And I find it funny. It started with 40 people. And 40 years later, look where we are right now. Isn't that interesting? It started with 40 people. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's a beautiful thing. That's God's working in our lives. And as Chet said and he alluded to, man, I'm excited for the years that are coming. Because listen, we got a bright future, y'all, especially at West Campus. We got a bright future. We were praying over in our Archer, over on Archer Road for the new campus that is coming up. We are praying two years we're going to be launching in that building. Got that? That's faith, y'all. Great faith, but God looks and honors for great faith in our lives. Well, guys, we're going to start a brand new sermon series today called Worth Following. And in this sermon series, we're going to be studying Psalm 23, one of the most famous passages, one of the most famous chapters in all of the Bible, obviously John 3.16, I would probably say, uh, takes, that, takes the rank on that one as the most famous passage in the Bible. But this one is a, is a close second, just to be honest with you. And we're going to be studying this one, and we're going to be going through verse by verse how we can apply this in our lives. And what does it look like to have God's leadership in our lives. But before I jump into the passage in the text, pity, pity me if you could. 
my wife tells me that I can be a bit stubborn. Wow, that was, did not expect that. Y'all were dead for like a second. And as soon as I said that, y'all came alive. Like that just made no sense. But pity me if you would. My wife says I can be a bit stubborn. Uh, she says I can be stuck in my ways. I remember one time she called me headstrong or bullheaded, whatever you may want to call it. And I thought for a while my wife is going crazy. I thought for a while, like, my wife doesn't know what she's talking about. I sought to get professional help for her. I, you know, she just kept telling me over and over that I can be a bit stubborn in my life. Well, as time went on, I, I see a little truth in that. <laughs> as time went on, I think, she's, I think she has a point. And it reminds me of a moment that actually highlights this very truth. One time, my wife and I, we were heading home from a concert that we had that we had went to. Now, we were unfamiliar with the area, so as soon as the concert was done, we were about to head home, and she says, hey, do you want me to put the address in the GPS? And you know what I said? No, baby. I got this. I remember how we got here. I know how to get home. You don't need GPS when you got your band, all right? You got your man, and I'm good. So we're driving, and 20 minutes goes by, and we don't see the exit. Now, what I remember from that trip on the way there, we weren't 20 minutes from the exit. It was like five minutes away. But we were 20 minutes in, and my wife's like, I don't see the exit. Like, are you sure you don't want me to put the address in the GPS? And I'm like, baby girl, I got this. Your man's going to take care of you. I got this. Don't you worry about this. I, I'm going to get us home. But guess what? 20 minutes later, we're still on the back road, and we don't see the exit. And next you know, and lo and behold, we were lost. And not only that, our, both our phones died. So here we are. We're like an hour away from our home, and we are lost, and our phones are, are dead. And guess what? My wife was upset. <laughs> you see, I told you. This is what you get. Da, 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 da. By God's grace, we made it home. <laughs> and I got an earful from my wife. But by God's grace, we made it home. But it just reminded me that my inability to listen, my inability to listen got me in trouble. <laughs> my inability to admit that I needed help got me into some dangerous places. Now, I can be honest with you. That was just one example. There have been plenty of examples where I thought my experience, my reputation, and my wisdom was enough. You ever thought something was a good idea and then you realized an hour later, it was a really terrible idea. But guess what? I've had plenty of moments like that. And the reason why I found myself bearing the consequences is because I was unwilling and unable to admit that, that I don't know what I'm talking about. That, that I need a little bit of help. And where this really begins to, to, to damage, become a damage in my life is in my relationship with God. Sometimes I like to think I know more than God. Sometimes I like to think, listen, God, I can take care of this moment by myself. I don't need your wisdom. I don't need your strength. I don't need anything, but I got this. And lo and behold, I realize I don't got it at all. And I've realized that, that it's because of my inability to admit that I need help in my life, that I need assistance because I always want to be the leader wherever I go. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about what it looks like to have the Lord lead our lives. Friends, I want you to hear this. Everyone in this room, those who are watching online, you were created to be led. You were created to be led. As a matter of fact, let me even take it a step further. You are better when you're led. 
You're better when you're led. Now, I get it. A lot of us, we have responsibilities at our jobs and our families. This sermon is not to strip off responsibility or strip off accountability. But you begin to dive into those areas in a much more sufficient way when you're led more. When you're led more. And that's what Psalm 23 is all about. God's leadership in our lives. I love Dallas Willard. He says this. He says, you were created by God, for God, to be led by God. The, the, the human soul was created to be led by God. You, you were created for God. And everything that you are meant to do in your life starts when God is ahead of you. The problem is pride gets ahead of me. The, the problem is uh, 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 insufficiency and inconsistency gets ahead of me. And so what we want to do for these next several weeks is talk about what it looks like to have the Lord lead us. Because here's the thing. Whatever leads you determines what you experience. You hear that? Whatever is leading you. If jealousy is leading you, you know what you're going to experience, right? If pain is leading you, if unforgiveness is leading you, you know what you're going to, but the Lord wants to lead us so that we can experience the riches of his blessings, the riches of his glory, all the great things that he wants to pour into our lives. But friends, it starts by him leading each and every one of us. I've noticed in my life I'm not a good leader. But I also notice that I get better when I'm led. I get better when I'm led. So that's what Psalm 23 is all about. So bring out your Bibles. We're going to break it all down. I'm just going to read three verses today. We're going to uh, read the, all six verses. Uh, but the only verses that I'm going to preach is verses 1 to 3. And we're going to talk about what it looks like for God to lead us. So it says this, Psalm 23, verse 1. Now this translation that I'm reading from, it's a little bit different than what you're normally accustomed to, to what we heard in the traditional sense. But it's just as accurate, it's just as clear, but it gives a fresh way and a new uh, direction of how we can look at this psalm. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. I love that. We're all used to the terminology. If you have the ESV, it says, I shall not want. But I really love the way that this translation interprets this passage. He says, because of who God is in my life, this is the state of my soul. Listen, I have what I need. You know what David's talking about? He's talking about having contentment. Having contentment. He says, listen, because of who God is, this is where I am. Now notice David doesn't say, hey, you know, when I have a full bank account, I have what I need. When everybody likes me, I have what I need. When I get what I want, I have what I need. No, no, no. He tells us straightforward, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of the title that God takes in my life, this is the state. This is what I experience. I have what I need. And he keeps going on. He says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life and he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Here's, here's the totality of what this text means. Here, here's what we really want to take away from this whole entire passage. Especially the three verses we're going to study. We experience the good life when we're led by the good shepherd. 
hear that? You experience the good life, the good life which we are all are pursuing in our lives. We're all only pursuing the good life in somehow in some way. Through our relationships, through our career, through how people treat us, whatever it may be, we all are pursuing that good life. And David tells us, the psalmist, King David, says that good life you are looking for happens when the Lord is in front of you, leading you, and he is the shepherd in your life. Remember, friends, the goal of this message is to remind you, you are better when you are led. Because I realize that if the Lord isn't leading me, something else is. Something else is. Insecurity is leading me. Unforgiveness is leading me. Pain is leading me. And so David says, man, this is what it looks like to, to have the good life. It starts when the Lord is leading your life. I actually read an article not too long ago, and it talked about some of the most successful sports athletes. And, of course, you know who made it to the top of the list. And the article was about why they were so successful. And, of course, you know who made it to the top of the list, right? Michael Jordan, not LeBron James. Y'all miss me with that. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. The G-O-A-T. Thank you. If you think the opposite, we hope you find another church. Because we preach truth here at Christ Church. You hear me? Michael Jordan, your airness is the GOAT. Miss me with that, Okay. So, of course, this article talked about Michael Jordan and all the success. And little do people know, Michael had a, a, a lot of success early on in his career, but he, he hadn't won any championships. He hadn't won any championships. Of course, he was winning scoring titles. He was getting uh, a rookie of the year and doing all these great things, making all-star games. But he wasn't winning any championships. Until, lo and behold, uh, around the 90s, this guy by the name of Phil Jackson came in. And he, began, he became the, the, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls. And as soon as he came in, the goal that he said, hey, I wasn't trying to minimize Michael's talents. I was trying to maximize it, but give it a different approach and a new system to help him to be successful. And lo and behold, the Chicago Bulls got six championships. LeBron only has four. But the Chicago Bulls has six championships. But notice Michael Jordan didn't start winning until the leadership of Phil Jackson. His success, we know him for who he is, the billionaire for who he is today. We know him because of one person that came into his life, changed some things, tweaked a few things, and because of his leadership, Michael Jordan began to thrive. And here's the truth, friends. I want you to know this. God wants the same thing for us. He wants you and I to thrive. You were created not to live a basic life, you were created not to have a life where you're just so weighed down by all the things that you've experienced and all the things that you have been through. No, God created you so you can thrive, so that you can find success in your life. God is a God that wants to lead you. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Who wants to lead you to good places, places where you say to yourself, man, the Lord is good. The Lord is for me. There is no one besides the Lord. This is the God that we have, that how he participates in our lives. And David's going to show us it's through his shepherd-like uh, um, relationship with us. That's how, that's how all that is done. So let's talk about what a shepherd is. Now, here's the thing. This is a very foreign concept. You don't go out to Abbey Road and see shepherds, right? You don't go out to Cleveland Street and just see, you don't, <laughs> Chet said you might. You don't go out to Cleveland Street, you don't just see shepherds and a bunch of sheep. So this is a very 
foreign concept to us. But the truth of the matter is this, David is writing this in a time where this was very, very common. David himself, if you know your Bible, David himself was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. There were many, many shepherds uh, in the days of, uh, of David and even before him. And the idea of shepherding uh, uh, hit home for a lot of people at that time. So when David said this, they quickly knew what he was talking about. God was known throughout the history of Israel for shepherding them. He shepherded them from the power of Pharaoh. He shepherded them with Joshua when Moses died when, when, to take over the land of Canaan. God was known as someone who led the people, the people of Israel, to great things and great places in and through their lives. So let's talk about the person of the shepherd. What's the person of the shepherd? Well, I see it very clear and very straightforward. It says this, that the person of a shepherd, they, they take the role of a protector or a defender. Listen, the goal of the shepherd towards the sheep, the shepherd guard the sheep. They tend to the sheep for their needs, for their health. The shepherd is invested in the well-being of the sheep. Because here's the truth, friends. Sheep without a shepherd, they don't exist. They don't thrive. They don't thrive and they don't get what they ultimately need. And here's the truth. And when, when the Lord is called our shepherd, what David is doing, he is framing for you and I how God relates to us. God's relationship with you and I is like a shepherd to a sheep, right? Now, here's the thing. I wish God would have chose a different animal, to be honest with you. Listen, I, I don't see anybody really wanting to have sheep in their house or sheep in their the, uh, uh, the cover of their phone. Like, sheep aren't really beautiful animals, but God uses this language for a reason so that we can know who to look to whenever we are in need. So the goal of the shepherd is to be invested in the well-being of the sheep. And that's who God promises to be in our lives. He promises to be the one that protects us. He promises to be the one that provides for us. He promises to be the one to lead us. He promises to be the one to guide us. He promises to be all of that. And friends... David wants you and I to know this is how we are to view God in our lives. And I want you to understand this, and this is the very truth. How you view God determines the way that you live. What's your view of God today? Is God the guy in the sky ready to condemn you as soon as you make a mistake? Is God the guy that, man, who just, who seems to be absent to all your problems? Or is God the guy that's, that, that, that is the shepherd of your life ready to lead, guide, provide, and give you all that you need? See, when that is the view of God, and when we have that view, it affects the way that we live. It affects what we do. It affects how we respond. It, it, it affects uh, our reaction. It affects everything in our life, which is why every time Chet or myself or whoever gets in his pulpit, we want to give you an accurate view of God. We want to give you the real God, the, the, the biblical God, the true God, the living one, so that you can walk out saying, man, I never knew that. This is what I'm going to do next. I, I, never, I never realized that this is how I'm going to live my life. I, I never understood this part of, about God. This is how I proceed for the rest of my life. And that's the goal that, that David wants you and I to have. He says, the Lord he is my shepherd. So that's the person of the shepherd. So now let's talk about the purpose of the shepherd. 
What's the purpose? Well, we talked about it a little bit, but let's analyze the text just a little bit more. Notice that David says, he says, he, he leads me beside still waters. And then also he says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. Philip Keller, who was a, a very well-known pastor, was so intrigued by this idea of God shepherding sheep. He left his, uh, he left his role as pastor and he literally became a shepherd. Like he traveled overseas and he became a shepherd. And he lived as a shepherd and he realized very quickly when David talks about the idea of still waters and green pastures, all this is relating to how God feeds and fulfills our needs in our lives. When it says, when it says that he lets me lie down in green pastures, here's the thing you need to know about sheep. Sheep are blind. but you didn't know that. So they don't know what's good for them. In one area of their life, they may think that, man, they're, they're heading towards something that's good that really could be dangerous. So a sheep, uh, I'm sorry, a shepherd, what they would have to do is they would have to literally get the sheep to, 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 to grass so they can eat. And notice this. When it says he lets me lie down, in some of your passages it says uh, he makes me lie down. What it is trying to say is sheep only lie down when they're full. Sheep only lie down when they're filled. They only find rest when they're given what they need. You see that? So what is this talking about? God leads us in our lives to feed us the things that we need so our souls can be at rest. So that we cannot be chaotic, running around with our heads cut off, uh, worrying about every single thing we see on the news and on social media, whatever it may be. God is the one who leads us to a place, to green pastures, so that we can find our rest. What does Jesus say? Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and you will find what? Rest. God is after the state of your soul. He's invested in the state of your well-being. He wants you and I to live in such a way that, hey, at the end of the day, no matter what outwardly what things look like, the Lord gives me what I need so that I can be truly satisfied. And, and he says this idea of still waters. It's very interesting. With sheep, what they would do when they go to drink water, if the water is at all rough, they wouldn't drink it. They would be scared and chaotic, and they would just run away from it. So what the shepherd would do, the shepherd would make sure, no matter how far that it was, they would make sure that the sheep get to waters that are still so they can find their fulfillment. Here's, here's what the bottom line of this passage means. God meets our spiritual needs. Because the greatest needs in your life, and I don't know if you know, you're a needy person. <laughs> yes. But the greatest need in your life is spiritual needs. And what is a spiritual need? It is the deep desires that we have deep down inside that we are longing to be fulfilled. One of our spiritual needs or one of the needs that we have in our life, we have a need to feel free from anxiety and fear. Am I right? One of our deepest needs is to feel free from anxiety and fear. You and I will do whatever. We'll read whatever book. We'll go to whatever conference that we need to go to so that we can free ourselves from fear and anxiety. You, you and I have a, have a need of acceptance. We have a need of acceptance. Little do you know you want to be accepted more than you think. 
We all have a need of love. We all have a need of feeling like we're, we're supported. We all have these needs in our lives. And what David says, the deepest desires that I have are met only by God, are met by the shepherd. And he gives me what I need so I can find fulfillment, satisfaction, and rest in my life. This is a very powerful psalm if you really look deep down what it's exactly trying to say. And it says that God meets our needs. He gives us what we need. But notice how it progresses. I think Dave was a brilliant writer when he writes this. He says that, that God meets my needs, but also, listen to this, he renews my life. Or he restores my soul. Because God is fulfilling and giving me all that I need, I become new. God wants to bring newness into our lives. God wants to bring fresh things in our life. Listen, this is bottom line. This is what it means. God makes me better. The time with the shepherd means that I'm getting better. The time I allow the shepherd to lead me with his wisdom, with his grace, with his word, with his promises, I begin to change. I begin to have new appetites. I begin to have new cravings. I don't crave or uh, 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 want the things from old. I want new things. Why? Because he has fulfilled me with better things. You see how this is all working. He says, listen, I am renewed to a new life. I have a, I have a restored soul. Why? Because the old soul is now dead, and now my new soul, the soul that God renewed within me, wants godly things, not the old things. And so he says, he, 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 he renews my life. God wants you to be wiser. He wants you to be healthier. And he does that when he's the shepherd of your life. You say, God, I, I, listen, at the end of the day, I want to give you the attention like I give my phone. Imagine if we gave God our attention like we give our phones. I believe I'll be a lot more spiritually advanced right now, amen. I believe that, hey, I, I, I would be a lot different right now. And imagine if I, if I put that attention in my life towards this, I believe that the renewal that I'm longing for is found and it's achieved. And notice this next part. This is really good. I love David's writing. David says, God meets my needs. God changes me. And then he leads me to the right paths. Some of your translations say it's the path of righteousness. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> the longing of the shepherd is to give direction to the sheep. Again, sheep are blind. They can't see. They can't see. As a matter of fact, a study came out uh, that Philip Keller, the guy I talked about earlier, he says they did this really weird study. I believe if you did this nowadays, Peter would be after you, but... It's this really weird study, like they would, they would put sheep on the cliff, and, and, and here's the cliff, and then here's the sheep, and here's just nothing but green pastures, just all pastures. As a matter of fact, there may be a well over there, but there's a cliff right here. And almost every time the sheep went like this, and it fell off, and it fell off, and it fell off. And what happens is, what, 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 the, what, what the writer is trying to say is that God gives me direction in my life. And how do I know the right paths? Because I have a renewed soul. Because dead things can't choose good things. A dead soul can't choose God things. So he leads me. So now because I have been fulfilled, because I found my rest, I'm no longer going over the cliff, which I do a lot in my life. But because I find my fulfillment in him, I know what to choose next. I don't know about you, I need more direction. I tend to think that I know what's good for me when I have to truly realize God's the only one who does. God's the one who only knows what's good for me. 
So he, he renews my soul. He leads me into the right paths. What is the purpose of the shepherd? He does all this for his name's sake. He said he does all this. He leads me in the right path for his name's sake. Here's a better way to say this. He does it for his glory. Listen, friends, I want you to understand. This is the biggest part of this psalm. You have to get this part of the psalm. All the renewal, all the leading, all the guiding, all the providing, God does for his glory. God does for his purpose. God does for the fame of his name. And here's one thing you need to know. God is after his glory. God wants his glory. There's one thing you need to know. God will get his glory. And here's the truth, friends. If God is getting his glory, that means it is ultimately leading for your good. God leads us for our good, which is ultimately for his glory. And you better believe you can take it to the bank every moment in your life that God is trying to lead you, provide for you. All of this is leading to glory. God will not rest until his glory is met. And here's the thing, friends, that means this, that you can bank on his promises. That means every season in your life, every moment in your life is ordained by a faithful, righteous, all-knowing God who says at the end of the day, all this is leading to my glory. If the Lord is my shepherd, then he's leading me to glory. He's leading me to his purpose. He's leading me to know, hey, all this doesn't make sense now, but eventually at the end, because he is for his glory, I would realize that he is better. And I would taste and see that the Lord is good and the delight of my heart will be fulfilled. Why? Not because of my strength, not because of my wisdom, not because of my leadership, but because the Lord was faithful in and through it all and his glory was met. Therefore, my soul is satisfied. This is the promise of the shepherd in our lives. He promises to lead us to glory. So how do we break this down? Number one, from the very top, God's leadership leads us to a place of fulfillment. God's leadership leads us to a place of fulfillment. God longs to satisfy your soul. And how does God do that? It's very easy. Through his word. Jesus says this, every man shall not put in bread alone. word that comes from the mouth of God. God longs to fulfill your soul. Number two, he says this, he says this, God's leadership leads us to a place of renewal. I need to be changed. I need to be new. I need to be different. And all that happens, the more and more I'm engaged with the shepherd, the more and more I'm allowing the shepherd say, hey, you are leading me in all this. You're leading me through your word. You're leading me through your promises. And through all of that, I find my fulfillment and I am renewed. And third, but not last, God's leadership leads me to a place of glory. These are the promises that the shepherd makes toward his sheep. Now here's the truth. This psalm, just to let everybody know, this psalm has been used for funerals. This psalm has been used for for comforting. This psalm has been used for confidence and hope. Man, I've had to use this psalm plenty of times in my life, especially when I find myself in stuck areas. But here's what I truly want you to understand. This psalm is more than just a psalm of confidence and hope. This psalm is an approach to life. You hear that? This psalm is an approach to life. God is inviting you and I to live as sheep to be led by a shepherd. 
God is inviting all of us to say, hey, listen, take off the hat that you are in control. Take off the hat that you need to get your way every single time. Take off that hat. Friends, take it off. And here's the thing. As soon as you put God in his rightful place, fulfillment, renewal, and glory meets you. Fulfillment and glory and renewal meets you in this time and in this place. But it comes to this point where I have to say to myself, like David, I have to humble myself and say, I'm not in control. You know what David really is saying? I need a leader. You want to know how the reasons why I, how I came to Christ was I realized very quickly I'm pretty bad at doing this life in my own. I realized that if I keep going the way that I'm going, my marriage will not last. My family will, will suffer. My soul will be barren. And I'll be thirsty. And I'll be hungry. And I'll be reaching for the world to give me things that I, that, that I think that I need and, and all of that. Friends, until it comes to the place where people say, Lord, I need you. I don't just need you just to help me feel better. I need you to lead me to better places. I need you to lead me. But here's the truth, friends. Jesus Christ is the perfect leader. Some scholars would say Psalm 23 is a prophecy of Jesus. If you actually read Psalm 22, it's all about the suffering of Jesus. It all talks about Jesus, all the suffering, all this, da-da-da-da-da. In Psalm 23, bam, the shepherd. But what does Jesus say in John 10? I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know me. A stranger's voice they will not hear, because they're so familiar to the voice of the shepherd. And I've noticed this. God's voice isn't dominating my life, then there's other things dominating my life. And I need the voice of the shepherd to lead me to green pastures, to lead me to rest, to lead me to renewal, and ultimately to lead me to glory. Christ is the perfect leader. You know, Chet said the other day, I love to get Chet his credit when it deserves. I get it. He said this, there's a lot of books on leadership. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of classes you can take on leadership. There's a lot of conferences on leadership. There's a lot of messages on leadership. But you know what you don't hear about? How to be a good father. Because here's the thing. If the Lord is my shepherd, I'm called to follow him. That's what being a Christian is. Being a follower before anything. You are a follower. You are letting the Lord go before you. So that he can lead you. And I want to ask this, this is one thing before we close. Where do you need God to lead you in your life today? Because here's the thing. Most of the time when God is doing the leading, he needs to lead us out of something into something greater. He needs to lead us out of depression. He needs to lead us out of loneliness. He needs to lead us out of a shaky marriage. He needs to lead us out of doubt. Because here's the thing, God is a God who takes you from and to where you need to go. And all that finds is fulfillment in Christ Jesus. So friends, here's what I want to ask you today. As you bow your heads, don't be thinking about the Browns. Don't be thinking about, man, this, this preacher can really sweat. 
about where the Lord needs to lead you. I'm thinking about how he needs to lead you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this truth. I thank you for your word. But now, Lord, I want to activate you and make this real in my life. Lord, I am coming to the point like David, and I want to humble myself and submit to your leadership. Submit to your word. Because, God, if I don't do it, then my soul runs dry. And I'm constantly hungry and thirsty, longing to be fed by things of this world that ultimately let me down and fail me. But, Lord, you are the one who promises to lead me to green pastures, who promises to lead me to still waters, who promises to bring renewal in my life, who promises to lead me to the right paths, giving me direction in my life, who promises to do all of those things. So, God, today I am submitting to you to give to me your leadership. And, Lord, I need your leadership in every part of my life. Not just in some parts, but in every part of my life. So Lord, when I when I allow that, you lead me to a place of fulfillment. You lead me to a place of renewal. And you lead me to a place of glory. Lord, I am putting you in the rightful place today. You are my leader. I'm called to follow. You must increase. Sounds perfect.